Julianne Ross, Deputy Editor of Politics at MTV News, and I'm standing in for Holly Anderson. We interrupt our regular weekly schedule of the stakes for an important announcement. We love Michelle Obama, so much so that we couldn't wait to share this conversation that you're about to hear about the outgoing First Lady's legacy. We wanted it out in the world right now. So without further ado, here is Founders Editor Julie Zeilinger speaking with Rebecca Carroll. Rebecca is the editor of Special Projects at the public radio station WNYC here in New York. She's also a critic at large for the LA Times, and she contributed an essay to the recently published book, The Meaning of Michelle, 16 Writers on the Iconic First Lady and How Her Journey Inspires Our Own. Enjoy. I'm Julie Zeilinger, editor of MTV Founders, and I'm joined today by Rebecca Carroll, contributor to the recently published anthology, The Meaning of Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So as a huge fan of Michelle Obama myself, I was really excited to find this book come across my desk. And it features incredible contributors like Ava DuVernay, Roxane Gay, Tiffany Dufu, and of course yourself. Um, So to start at the beginning, how did you become involved with this project and why were you drawn to it? So... It was an idea, a brainchild of Veronica Chambers, who is an award-winning author and writer and journalist who I've known for uh, uh, quite some time. I don't want to age myself, (laughs) but she's just best in the business, you know, just really um, so smart and bright and encouraging, um, a great editor, a great writer. Um, And she mentioned the project to me and and invited me to participate. Um, And, you know, it's one of those kind of like an independent film that you you. Um, become part of or you sign on to do there's not like a ton of pay but the group of folks who are doing it is just so amazing and so I mean I would have done it regardless of who else was contributing because I really adore um, Veronica and also adore Michelle Obama Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um, yeah she asked me to do it and it had been a while since I had written an essay at this kind of length Mm -hmm. Um, I was an opinion writer for The Guardian for a couple of years and would you know sort of accustomed to kind of banging out like 800 word pieces. And so it was really nice to uh, sit down and write with some length. Mm-hmm. Um, and Veronica, you know, I, I would send it to her and she would say, just, can you just go a little bit deeper in this? And I didn't, I didn't want to write too much about my own self, but she really pushed me to add that part into it. And I do think ultimately it, um, it, it helped to flesh out the, the piece. So how did you first approach writing that essay, especially having been a little bit out of practice? What what kind of stories did you first decide you wanted to tell and, and what angle did you want to take on, Michelle? I knew, I really did know, the moment I saw Barack and Michelle together and the way that Barack looks at her, mm-hmm. like I just knew, I knew what he felt. Um, and as I write in the piece, like I, I wouldn't be so presumptuous to <laughs> to, 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 to talk about why or he chose Michelle or loves her, but... I read his memoir he yeah. wrote before, um, not long after he and Michelle got married, actually, um, in which he writes about having to kind of raise himself as a black person because he, um, you know, his father was African but was not on the scene, and his mother, his single mother, was white, and his maternal grandparents were white, and grew up in Hawaii, and so he was sort of trying to figure out how to be black and how to raise himself as a black man, and I was adopted into a white family and surrounded by white people, and had a similar feeling of needing to define that for myself. And the, one of the ways to do that is to surround yourself mm-hmm. with black folks who embrace you and also give you the family that you didn't have. So I just, I just, I had this 
visceral reaction to the two of them, mm-hmm. um, knowing his background and knowing her background. And so I knew that I wanted to go in it at that angle because, for one, I thought it was different. Um, a lot of people, you know, talk about her fashion and her arms and her, <laughs> her, you know, her integrity and and um, health initiatives and I mean her love of art and culture. I mean, there are so many things that you can say about her, but but I wanted to look at and give her that sort of um, that strength and sense of family and mm-hmm. sense of black love and self awareness. Um, I wanted to really highlight that and what she, how, and the ways in which she gave that and shared that with with the president. Yeah, absolutely. And I think narrowing in on that look, like we all know that look, and yeah. I think everyone on Twitter always reacts yeah. whenever we're watching those speeches, yeah. like, look yeah. at the way he looks at her. And and I think you really beautifully described what that look sort of embodies and and how you think about that. And I wanted to quote directly from your essay because I think you put it perfectly. Um, so you wrote. What Michelle Obama did as First Lady of the United States was take the strong black woman stereotype and laugh, then kick its ass and tell it to move on and out of her way. You see, as she and the president like to say, Michelle Obama has no use for stereotypes or tropes because they stunt intellectual growth, leave no room for imagination, and are antithetical to the power of hard work, individual strength, and determination. And I think that's such a great description. Um, I'm wondering if you can recall any specific instances or or events she attended or speeches she gave that really embodied that to you. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the farewell speech and the fact yeah. that Sasha wasn't there. <laughs> and the reason she wasn't there is because she had a test the next day. She was like, Amazing. girl, you can say goodbye later. You know, I mean, the, it's that kind of like integrity that blows my mind because as a parent myself, I would be like, well, I kind of want him to be there. It's kind of such a, it's such a big deal. Yeah. But because of the way that they um, that that they built this family that is so um, is so fiercely bonded, mm-hmm. it's like Sasha's not going to think any any old thing about that. She's been like, of course, I'm going to stay home and take my test and still respect my parents and my sister and that whole thing that's happening. Um, and like it wouldn't occur to me to think that Sasha feels left out. She's doing what she needs to do because her parents instilled in her that that was a priority, that it would be a priority for her to focus on her education rather than go to this fanfare evening, even if it's about saying, you know, the farewell speech of her father, the president of the United States. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's such an incredible example and and totally embodies why we love Michelle Obama. But I think we're also quick to forget, especially now, maybe in this time of nostalgia as we look forward, that Michelle Obama wasn't always completely revered, um, that she, our nation's immediate reaction to her wasn't always too kind. So how do you think that changed and why? Well, I think, I think we have to look at what you mean when you say we, she's totally revered. She's not still That's totally fair. revered. There are still, you know, trolls and whatnot who will compare her yeah. to an ape, to contemporarily speaking. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's sort of like it's a celebrity effect. Mm-hmm. It, and it just sort of happens in a wave when when the media and certain um, sectors of the media, millennials, youth, when certain generations decide, then there's a tipping point and then she becomes more favored than she was before. But I would I would maintain that the folks who took issue with her and said mm. insanely horrible, disgraceful things about her probably still would. Yeah, I think that's fair. Unfortunate, but probably very true. But the but the cool thing is 
you know, she she really doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, and it's not doesn't care in a way like, you know, I'm so this. You know, it's it's not about ego for her. It's really about um, self awareness and about. I mean, I, I caught. I didn't see the whole thing, but her interview with Oprah. Um, and Oprah brought it up and said, uh, you know, wh- what does that feel like when people say stuff about it? She's like, dag, you don't even know me. You yeah. know, and that's that I think is such a it's like a like a, a mantra for me, yeah. you know, like that I have gotten from her, which is you don't even know me, you know, and you sort of you kind of live in your in yourself and you walk in your stride and you, you know, shoulders back, head high kind of thing. And and I. I, I feel like she does that in a way that is not, there's just egoless. Mm-hmm. And there's such ease in, in, her, um, in her approach to pretty much everything. Looking forward, uh, a lot of people, I think, hope Michelle Obama will run for office herself one day, which she's refuted. And, and I think in that Oprah interview said definitively she would not do that. What do you think that she might do and what would you like to see her do? I think she's going to broadly do much of the same, really focus on on health and um, and education and art. I think mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if she did some kind of thing uh, with with museum culture or um, or music or something where she can really work with with artists and in the arts and and make that accessible to young folks. Um, and I think she'll work with with Barack. Can we do, do we call him Barack now that he's? I hope so. I, I mean, <laughs> I think that they will both emerge in. Um, in in ways that focus on on justice, social mm-hmm. justice, racial justice, um, I think Barack Obama will probably write another book, but I don't see her so much as writing. I, I'm just looking forward to whatever she does. I'll follow I know, her wherever she goes. I know. <laughs> I, I, it's exciting and it's sad and it's you know it's it's uh it's moving. It's really really moving and mm-hmm. and on many levels, but certainly as a parent, you know, who is raising a brown boy who has known and affiliated blackness mm-hmm. with presidency, with power, mm-hmm. you know, for that to be over and really over, not just slightly over, but really over yeah. is, is it's moving. It's, it is. Yeah. I'd like as, as someone who also works with a lot of young people, I'd love to think about that a little bit more and talk about that. What it meant for Michelle Obama and also Barack Obama to have role models like that in power. I mean, have you, you mentioned your son. Have yeah. you seen how exactly have you seen it played out in his life or other young people that you know? I think that it most directly, as I mentioned, you know, he equates blackness with power, hmm. which for a couple of reasons was not the case for me, M- mainly because I was raised in a white environment and any any interaction I had was mostly negative apart from my family because it was a rural New England town and you know, there was a lot of, of either money or no money at all. And so both come with their <laughs> with their um, restrictions regarding um, mind consciousness. Um, but also because in the 80s and 90s, I mean, blackness was sort of perceived, I think, in mainstream culture as um, as entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, then, and that's very much, you know, sort of my a little bit my tunnel vision because that's my that's my milieu but if you look for 
if you look to media uh, for blackness or representations of blackness, it's it's pretty much sports, entertainment. You know, um, those are the 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 folks that we anoint. So to have eight years of a president of the United States, the highest position of power, not only in the, in, in the highest position of political power, but he's, he was an intellectual. He is an intellectual. You know, there's just that piece in the Times about how important books were to him. And, and that is just, it, it, it's, a, it's an, an enormously exciting and uh, um, validating um, thing to behold. Now, I mean, I honestly do not know, I feel like, you know, it took such a long time for us to get to that place where we are looking at this man and looking and there's all, you know, the legacy of, of the Obama presidency and of Michelle. And, and as you said, you know, in the beginning, and, and I maintain throughout, both of them um, were targets of, mm-hmm. of, 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 real, um, of real egregious uh, uh, criticism and racism. Um, and so now that they've sort of gotten to a point where they're walking out of this White House, like, all right, peace out, then is that all of that going to go away? You know, it's like when you're trying to gain weight and lose weight, right? You know, yeah. you, the, you gain weight really fast, but then it takes forever to lose it. But it's like the flip, right? It's like it took us a long time to have these two beacons, and then they're going to walk out, and Donald Trump is going to come in, and then it's all, it's just going to, like, poof. I'm grateful particularly as we uh, come up on this um, Women's March, and, and, I, and I still feel um, that there is some racial divisiveness in the sort of feminist community, and I feel like she, she never played that. Like, mm-hmm. she just, she just, um, she is a black woman who does not question the relevance of her being both. Mm. Um, and I think we need that message. Um, so you're mentioning sort of the Women's March and how that legacy can play into how we honor Michelle Obama. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on Michelle Obama's feminist identity. Um, so I, I think that's such an interesting question because, you know, in the last couple of years, um, for whatever reasons, for better or for worse, there have been all of these um, ideas and calls for definitions of what it means to be a mm-hmm. feminist, right? And Beyonce comes out with her with lemonade and that whole record and everyone goes balls to the wall ballistic because she's now she's a feminist and you know and then there are people who say you can't be a feminist or you're not that kind of feminist and and I just really think that there Michelle Obama does not need to say that she's a feminist clearly she is a feminist and if you are in your core a feminist you know it's like I don't really know why you need to actually define it in a way that is that is palpable or you know palatable rather to other people um, unless you are you know unless you're marching or rallying for Trump or for for pro-life which I don't think is a feminist position um, and, and I just and I love that she probably has this is the other thing about the Obama family is that my my theory in the in in terms of their composure and the way that they present themselves every single time they're in public which is just mind-boggling is that they like bring it down to the real to the real when they're just the four of them 
Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had, like, a dinner, a weekly dinner where it's just like, all right, just put it on the table, all of it, whatever it is that, you, that you're concerned about. And I'm sure that, that Michelle has had conversations with Malia and Sasha about feminism and what that means. Clearly, the girls are also feminist. Um, so I just find it refreshing, and I don't um, – I, 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 can, I can feel her walking in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think she – she feels the need to politicize it or to define it. It goes with that whole "dag, you don't even know me" thing, yeah. right? She's gonna, she's gonna do the right thing because she's certain and clear about her values. Um, but it's such a weird time too. It's it's like we think we all thought we knew what real values were. We we thought we knew that bullying was wrong. We thought we you know that we could ag- at least agree on that. So I mean, to that end, it will be it'll be super interesting to see what she does um but I, I i don't i wouldn't think that she would suddenly come out as some kind of like all right i'm gonna you know i'm gonna head a feminist organization or right anything like that i think that's such an important point too especially uh, as their pres as obama's presidency sort of overlapped with this interesting period in the feminist movement, if we want to call it yeah. what it has been over the past couple of years on social media and sort of everyone has been really willing to claim the word and have it be branded and sort of talk about empowerment and girl power, whereas she might not claim the label, but is doing the work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that it happens often, right? People get really caught up in, in what it looks like on social media or what the branding is. Yeah. And, and she, she just walks in it. She just does the work. And, and, you know, I was thinking, I was reminded, I mean, I think about that very message often, but, you know, we just had Martin Luther King's uh, day. And, you know, I love Martin Luther King as much as the next person, but the amount of of energy and and pomp and circumstance and, and effort and to call up this guy for one day when this, what this guy would tell you is to just go out and do the work, yeah. you know, rather than having. I mean, the celebrations are lovely, but I, but I really feel that um, it would be so much more. It's the same with Black History Month, you know. It'd be so much more critically um, enduring and impactful if we could just do what the, the, you know, what what the message was or what the what the mission was. And I think that that nobody embodies that more than the Obamas. Yeah. And I think you're totally right. I can see them going on from this presidency and this experience, just getting in the street, going yeah. and working. And that, that'll continue to be hopeful for us, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I just have one more question, actually. If I was just thinking about this anthology and everyone is writing these beautiful things about Michelle Obama. I don't know if anyone got the chance to actually talk to her or what her relationship with the anthology was. But if you got a chance to talk to her, I'm wondering, is there one question in particular you'd have to ask her. Um, that's, that's hard. That's hard. I mean, I, um, I think I would ask her, um, I think I would ask her about parenting, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like she does it in this way that makes it look so effortless. <laughs> and I am not saying that it's, that I struggle terribly, but it's hard, hard, hard. How she how she manages to, um, you know, what like what what is her, what's her day? What's a day like for her? What happens? Does she what does she eat for breakfast? Like that kind of stuff. Like I want to know. Does she get up? Does she go to the gym? Does she eat first? Does she you know meet with the girls? Does she meet with? I mean, just to 
because like, because we feel like it would just be fun to know that, yeah. you know, and a less kind of, because um, she is regal, you know, she is, there is something about her that, that is both, you know, um, like a anointed as a, a some kind of queen, <laughs> not in the kind of, you know, uh, way that we all use it now and <laughs> apply it to everyone, um, but also just, you know, hometown girl, you know, someone who you can throw down with. Um, so I think it would be fun to, to go out with her, have a glass of wine, and talk. Just talk. I hope you can do that one day, and then we'll tell us <laughs> all too. about Me it. Me too. Me too. I'd love it. <laughs> okay. Michelle, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> that was Julie Zeilinger speaking with author, radio personality, and critic Rebecca Carroll. Rebecca is editor of Special Projects at WNYC in New York. Go to WNYC.org to hear her work, including How I Got Over. It's a series of conversation about race she had with people like Ethan Hawke and the artist Carrie Mae Weems. Rebecca's essay, She Loves Herself When She Is Laughing, Michelle Obama Taking Down a Stereotype and Co-Creating a Presidency, is in a new book called The Meaning of Michelle, 16 Writers on the Iconic First Lady and How Her Journey Inspires Our Own. The book was edited by Veronica Chambers. That's it for this very special Stakes Extra. You'll see us again this Friday. I'm Julianne Ross, and we love you, Michelle. This episode of The Stakes was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, James T. Green, and Kasia Mihailovich for the MTV Podcast Network. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. <laughs>